Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Andy Barge and today I'm joined by Jamie Flynn and Gordon Parks to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today we have a reaction to Celtic's draw in Lithuania, an analysis of the Hoops' defensive woes and we chat with the club need to cash in on Dedrick Boyata. We also look at potential transfer targets and look ahead to the Hampton match this Sunday. Gordon, a draw not exactly what the fans were hoping for last night. What did you make of it? Well, I have to. I only watched the first half, first fifty minutes, and I thought the start Celtic made confident, getting the ball forward, looked as if he could cut uh, a poor opponent apart. And when they score the goal, you expect the floodgates to open. But it's a Celtic team that don't do things easily. I think they're so fragile and porous at the back. That nervousness, the uncertainty, the lack of decision making. Always a sting in the tail, and it happened early for Celtic yesterday. Uh, the only blessing is that the damage can be repaired. It's no disaster, but what it does do, it continues the theme of our Celtic defence, which uh, is shipping goals left, right, and centre. What do you make of the performance? Not good enough. I think Celtic, at the level they are, the level they want to be, should be dismantling that kind of uh, opponent because they offer very little. And I think Celtic's problems are, 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 are of their own making. I don't know if Jamie agrees, I don't know if he wants to hear about this. I did, no, no, and I, and I do agree, and I think you're, you're right about the defence. I think that the, that defence at the moment is so poor that it's making the rest of the Celtic team nervous, and it's making the, the players in midfield nervous to go and play. Because I can imagine, you know, Scott Brown's performances have been muted in the last couple of weeks. He must be playing looking over his shoulder at the, the two behind him, going, these guys really need a hand. You know, and you've got a charm in midfield who pulls all the strings, but again, he seems to have muted, and every, all the problems seem to be coinciding with the defence not performing particularly well. And in that game yesterday, I mean, it was an easy ball into the box, first ball into the box, and it's in the back of the net again. Well, the problem is that this is not an overnight issue. This is an issue that's been going on now for, despite Celtic's fantastic achievements and the consistency that they've shown, Celtic fans will tell you that going watching week in, week out, the problems have been glaring. It's been defensive. No matter what partnership they use, uh, the recruitment. It's a massive issue because they haven't addressed it. But week in and week out, we're given opp- opportunities to pure opposition and we give the encouragement to teams that don't deserve it and will come a cropper. It's cost them in the Champions League. It probably won't cost them uh, Celtic Park next week because their opponent isn't capable of landing enough killer blows. But they haven't addressed what's been a massive problem and the Celtic fans have grown restless because it's now damaging. And as Jamie said, Spread throughout the team. If you don't have a strong base, if you're not confident and capable of keeping teams out, it affects the rest of the team. Well, we saw in the Rosenborg away tie, Gordon, that Celtic's defensive worries were, were growing. Um, I think against better quality opposition, they would have been punished. That was the case with AEK Athens. 
do you think the confidence now is just lowering and lowering until it comes to the stage where they're playing against Suduva in a Europa League qualifier and you can't deal with a, a set piece like that? No matter who you are, no matter what football team you are, no matter how good a player you are, if the headlines start to come in that, um, that you've underachieved, that there's a calamity here, that it's not... The Dedrick issue came at the wrong time because they needed somebody to go in there. I'm not his biggest fan, but at least he does on most occasions the basics well. It's the basics that Celtic have let themselves down on. The spirit of the team is getting hindered by the fact that they know that they have to make sure they get the goals because they're going to concede they're too leaky. Craig Gordon doesn't instill confidence either. But again, it's a byproduct of no leadership at the back, nobody communicating properly and fudging their way through it. Brendan Rodgers, I'm sure, will be the first to tell you his confidence in his defence is uh, almost admitted that yesterday. Cool. We talk about the defense, central defensive yeah. uh, frailties. Do you think Craig Gordon's got anything to answer for with that goal last night? Uh, I, I, well, that was a keeper's ball. Uh, in my opinion, he should have came in and then took that and he bothered. Um, but I think Brendan Rodgers touched on some two things. You know, Brendan Rodgers doesn't ever, he's always remains quite calm. And last season, he was a wee bit salty from time to time. But this season, it seems to, for the kickoff, and yesterday again, his post match comments, he says that this team didn't take pride in not defending which to me is a straight criticism of the guys that are on the pitch saying you're not good enough, you're not doing what I'm asking you to do. And then he went on to say that the team broke away from plan and tried to do their own thing and that you were not good enough to do that. You basically need to listen to what I'm telling you. So I do think there's a malaise throughout the team, starting with Craig Gordon, starting with the central defenders. And I, but I think it's quite difficult for me to work out who's to blame here because Brendan Rodgers, the way he plays, the fullbacks push right up. So there's a lot of responsibility on the centre-halves. I know he must know they're not good enough, but we keep playing the same way. So, uh, you know, sometimes I think Brendan Rodgers should maybe take a wee bit of responsibility on himself rather than repeatedly putting it on the team. Yeah. Good. Average defenders can get carried by a good Celtic team. That's certainly been the case because they've not had many questions asked of them. Boyat is a classic example. He's been enhanced by playing on a successful team. But when Celtic are asked questions, I don't rate Adrian, I think he's probably a good commander player, even as a physical specimen. I think uh, Simunovic is an overrated performer, I think he's had his time. If somebody wants to come in and spend £2 million to take him, they're more than welcome to do that. I think the issue is central, I think, because everything sparks from that. Someone has to go and take a lead, they have to go and orchestrate, I don't think there's enough maturity in there. And, like I said before, they've had the time to address it and have it. So we saw um, Arctic Thistle game last weekend, uh, Jack Hendry took quite a lot of flag for his performance. What's your opinion on his place in the team, Jamie? Look, I, I, I feel a bit sorry for Jack Hendry. On the, on the face of it, you can see why we signed him. He's a big boy, he was a bargain. He's, he's, got, he's got the attributes to, to be a quality centre-half. Was Jack Hendry brought to guide us through the Champions League qualifiers? I, I don't think he was, so I think he's, he's learning the game. Champions League qualifiers aren't the place to learn it. That's quite another discussion for do I think he'll ever be good enough for Celtic? I, I really don't think so. Yeah, you've got a good point there, but I think it shines a light on the coaching. It shines a light on John Kennedy. Mm. It's a guy who's been at Celtic a long time now. They've had to keep recruiting defenders. They've not brought their own through. Um, Adger arguably is a player that's come through, but against a stretch. John Kennedy has to be demonstrating to these boys that do the basics well because defensively it's all about the basics. Um, Henry I do have sympathy for because he wasn't asked to come and lead the way that he's been, he's been tasked with. I think he could become a far better player but he had his mindset as a, as a problem with the wonders. 
do you think the club will regret selling Eric Spiechenko? No, Never. no, because I don't think, again, you're talking about raising the bar. It was a much of a muchness, like a bang average kind of um, arrival. He was about well out in the picture by the time he went. I, I, I know why you're saying that, because lots of people have said that, but we kind of go back a year and look at a guy who played, who didn't play and go, we should have kept him, because in all reality, he probably still wouldn't be playing if he was here. Do you, do you feel the options that Rodgers prefers to play are, are better options? Than Sviechenko? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think our, I think our best defensive partnership now, can we improve on this eye? But the best defensive partnership I think we've got is Boyata and Ayer. But like you're saying, I, I don't. I, I think Boyata, Boyata is on his way out, and I think he's got a mistake in him. I think Ayer isn't the answer. But of all the players currently at the club, that's the two best we've got. I think it's difficult to pin much blame on John Kennedy. I know he's a defender, and he's there, but he's, he's part of the coaching staff. Um, and I'd be reluctant to say, you know, look at him and go, yeah, as a defender, it's your responsibility to make sure these guys are up to yeah. it. Um, I think whoever's recruiting defenders for Celtic needs to maybe. Well, I think I think if Brendan Rodgers uses the word pride and a lack of desire to go and defend properly, and I think I'm earning my wage as a guy who's responsible for moulding these players and teaching them how to do it, I think there's a, there's a slight that's attached to him as well. Has to be to to Kennedy. His his professional pride will be hurt by that because what he's basically saying is your department's failing me. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you you might have a better insight than me, but I don't know if John Kennedy is. Specifically responsible for the way the defenders play. Yeah, defensive coach. I mean, it is. It, it, it falls in him. He's been there a long, long time. Again, I'll go back to it. They have not managed to bring through a proper commanding young defender. There might be reasons for that because Scottish young commanding defenders are very thin in the ground. Are there any? You're right about the recruitment. The recruitment um, has been a disaster, and I think it's coming home to roost. Do you think Celtic have? Sort of, I'm not touching Svechenko again here, but do you think they have sometimes sold the wrong centre-backs? I thought personally that McConnell was a very promising player, and although I don't think he would be the one to lead Celtic through a Champions League stage, I think he's better than what Jack Hendry is playing at the moment, and at times Suminovic and Ayer, and also Charlie McGrew is still having in very good form down south. I wouldn't argue with the McGrew comment, but... Connell lacked pace, Henry's got pace, he's the modern day defender, he's quick over the over the ground and when his mind's switched on and he's not playing to try to I don't know but Jack Henry seems to be wonderful impressing as his be all and end all, he wants to be more kind of fluid getting forward. He doesn't need to be that. Sit and do your job and then the heat comes off you a bit. Celtic Celtic's recruitment it always seems to struggle in one area. For the longest time we struggled to get someone up front. I mean everybody now can rhyme off the, the Rasmussens and the Banguras and the, the Baldies and all these guys until we eventually hit on, you know, Lee Griffiths, which was a no-brainer. Then we eventually hit on Dembele, which was a bit of a lottery win. And I think Celtic are now having the same problems at centre half. You know, we brought in Henry, we've brought in um, Compa, we've brought in Ayer. He's a makeshift. We're looking at this boy Scott McKenna for Aberdeen. It seems like we're now struggling to fulfil that position, like we've struggled in many other positions. Do I think we've sold the wrong central defender? No. I think everyone that's left the club should have left the club. I just think we've bought the wrong ones. Uh. Only in Scottish football can you have a scenario where Brendan Rodgers can do no wrong a month ago. And Danny McGrain's unfurling another title flag. And within the space of a month, you've got hotline calls calling for Brendan Rodgers to be sacked. And Stephen Gerrard at Rangers is the heir apparent and Number fifty five is coming Rangers as well. It's incredible. I think I think too much has been made of what's happened at Celtic to be perfectly honest with you. I know we're out of the Champions League. 
Champions League, Champions League is a difficult, it's a, it's a difficult competition, and you know it was it was preventable and it was irritating and it was annoying. But let's talk about how you know people are talking about Celtic are spent force and Rangers and Steven Gerrard's the same coming of Brendan Rodgers, and uh, you know the reality of the matter is Celtic are said are half in the midfield and away for being a top Jamie, team. Again. I completely agree. It's, it's the perception. Yeah. You know, it was at Ibrox last night. There is a kind of mood change. It's undeniable. And it's based on very little. I agree with you. I think the golf is still there. I don't think Rangers are that enhanced. I think they're better. But Celtic's problems have been camouflaged by the Dembele, the Edouard, um, and Oliver in Cham. These guys have been carrying the ship, which at the back has been, has been uh, no, shipping I mean, water for fun. I'd, I'd agree with you, but you know, Rangers started for a very low base. You know, look at the look at the pumpings we handed out to Rangers last year, four, five, three, five. You know, Rangers fans and Rangers Football Club and people like in the papers and all that, they love a story and every single year, it doesn't matter who the manager Rangers has, every year from the past whenever they've been in the league, all we've heard is Rangers are a good chance. We think Rangers might do something this year. In the last two years Celtic have just went about their business. And I think this is the first year somebody can you can actually point the finger at Celtic and go, Ah, you are struggling. That's what I want to bring up with you, Jimmy, there, because a wee second ago you said they're a midfielder and a defender short from basically being the, the full set again. Yeah. Why has it not been done? I, I, you know, I've got my own theory. I don't know how it works with Celtic. I think there's a, a disjoint in the board with no inside knowledge whatsoever. I suspect that perhaps Lee Congerton and Brendan Rodgers are scouting players and bringing them to the board and saying, this is who we want. And the board are going out and going, we can't afford these guys. We can't afford option A, B or C, but we can get you John McGinn. And reluctantly, perhaps, Brendan Rodgers has been, OK, get me John McGinn. And when that doesn't go, he flips his lid. You look at Denier, we were linked with Denier, he joins Leon. And then the day he joins Leon, in the press, £2 million a year after tax, in the Scottish press. So in my mind, that's obviously come for Celtic. That's Celtic saying, look at the, look at the difficulty we've got here. We could pay the £5 million, they bother. We can't pay the wages. I think Brendan Rodgers wants players at that level and we just can't afford them. Do you not think that at boardroom level you get to be there's a, so overwhelmingly superior in Scotland, the complacency sets in. And if you're looking at just a bank balance and you're looking at the sales and you sit in a comfort zone, when Peter Lawwell starts to make decisions in players, you've got a problem. Yeah. You've got a calibre of manager the way Brendan Rodgers operates. And I think there's a disconnect. I agree. That's, that's damaging. I think there is, I think there is a disconnect. But what I am confident of is that Peter Lowell, Brendan Rodgers, Dermot Desmond, Lee Congerton, every day in the, the senior management of Celtic, they want to perform well and they want to do well. So I'd be very surprised, I could have egged my face, I'd be very surprised if Celtic finished this transfer window without the centre half that we need and without the midfielder we need. What would that say about the intent and the ambition of Celtic if they don't say? Oh, if, if Celtic don't do the business in this transfer window, and that has repercussions at the end of the season, then I, I think there'd be, I think there'd be uh, big issues there. I don't think people could sit comfortably in the chairs they're sat in just now. You know, but that's that's a long, long way away. You know, there's a whole season. You know, this team Celtic have got just now are still a good side. We could feasibly not sign anyone to still be in touching distance. Um, but look, if Celtic don't sign anyone in the summer, after Brendan Rodgers saying I need people in, and then we lose the league. There's, there's big questions that you can ask Complacency is a massive issue with teams who achieve again and again and again. You saw it with Fergie's Man United, you're seeing it now with Guardiola's City. 
even though they're all concrete, they're bringing in new faces to keep things ticking over, keep it fresh, and making sure that those that are at the top of the game continue to play at the top of their game. The start of this season suggests that the players that were playing at the top of their game aren't at the moment. So why are Celtic yeah, he's, not he's, looking? He's strengthened to from a position of power. I think Jamie's right. I think um, September the second won't be a watershed moment. I think Celtic comfortably will take care of Rangers. Watched them closely last night. Don't want to dwell on Rangers, but never saw enough. I think still think there's a, a margin of quality that Celtic possess that Rangers haven't bridged. But it's the message. It's the, it's the fans deserve something more. They deserve not to have to make the same complaint week after week. And the fans can see it, and Brendan Rodgers hasn't addressed it. There has to be a reason why that's not been done. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but like I said, I'd be very surprised if the transfer window closed and we didn't get at least the centre half we needed. Uh, we might not, but I, I'm just um, it's so obvious. I think I'm, gonna, I'm agreeing with you, but it's so obvious to the fans, so obvious to the manager, so obvious to everybody that Celtic need a centre half. I don't think anyone at Celtic could ignore it. There's a guy that's picking up a hefty wage compa who someone was going to identify and thought he's the answer. No doubt his pedigree and his background as an experienced player played at the highest level. It seems to be a kind of pattern as well that a non-contributor. But this is this is I refer back to what we had with the strikers. You know, we had the exact same problem up front for years. We bought these guys, they hung about the club, we couldn't get rid of them, they weren't good enough and that was John Clark. Now we've got Lee Congerton. That must have been. Now, what's frustrating as a fan for me is I don't really know where Lee Congerton fits into things. Lee Congerton worked with Comper before, so to me, he's went, Well, that, that seems like a, a direct line between the two of them. He's went, I'll get Comper in. Comper's arrived, and Brendan Rogers doesn't fancy him. What I don't have much sympathy for, though, is the argument when people say, Ah, oh, well, we do need a centre half for. We bought you Henry and Comper, and you're not playing them. Well, too bad because they're not good enough and as a football club director and a football club owner that's the risk you take you take shelling out for players that aren't going to play enough it shouldn't, it shouldn't be rocket science John Brown went and watched Katic play Nikola Katic and he's come in and I watched him last night and again he, he looks a good player defensively sound it can't be that difficult to go and get somebody that does these basic things well you know, you know you might be right but Katic might do the basics things well but Brendan Rodgers might be looking for someone who's better than Katic yeah. And I, th I think, and people always get hit up when Rangers are going out and buying masses and masses of players, but, you know, there's a reason why Celtic finish above Rangers almost every year, because we don't buy the players Rangers want to buy. We, You know, very very often in the past, Rangers Celtic were linked to the same player, even as early as Chris Commons. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. I completely agree with you. The point I'm making is, and I hire, I'm not saying they're shopping in the, in the same market, but they seem to be shopping in a market which is faulty goods. Yeah, no, no I agree with you. There's... We, we seem to be, on, on one side we go, we don't want the players Rangers are signing, we'll take Copper instead and don't play him. And that doesn't make sense to me. And so, I agree with you. Do you think someday at the club, Rogers perhaps needs to come out and explain what the situation is with Copper? Because there are so many fans wondering what the problem is. No. Because uh, I, I just I, it just never happens. You know, the, the, he's a player that's not playing. Just is it fitness? Is it, is it uh, the training, uh, effort and training form? I, I, I mean, you don't know because no one's seen him play. No one, no one's seen him play. The rumour is he's too slow. He played in Austria, and there is a bottom line there. Yeah. He just can't get up to the pace of it. It happens. Well, there are some names that have been thrown around social media that Celtic have been linked with. One that really caught my eye, you might have seen whispers of it, is Diego Reyes, the Mexican centre-half. No, free agent, left Porto at the end of the season, capped 53 times. Now, he spent 
two seasons previously on loan at Sociedad in Espanol, and he's described, uh, this was in an article speaking about the 10 potential breakout stars of the 2014 World Cup, he's only 25, as an intelligent intelligent in position, comfortable in possession and good in the air. He's been praised for his ability to play crisp passes and keep possession under pressure. Now this man's a free agent, the wages he'll have been on in Spain won't be 40 grand plus. Is that not somebody that Celtic should be at least talking to or considering? Some, someone like that does fit the mould in as much as... I, I, maybe someone, when was the last time Celtic signed a free agent? Because we don't really seem to exploit that market an awful lot and that is one market that AAK Athens do exploit. Now, there was, after that Athens game, there was some, we'd spent more the last two years than Athens has spent in transfer fees in the last five years. But then you dig in a wee bit more. They, they bring in a lot of free transfers and their wage bills higher. So, for me, you know, that a player of that, a player who's not got a club, a player who's at the end of the contract, that's the sort of guy we should be. Yeah, listen, I know the player that you're talking about. There's a few issues with that. There's a reason why he's a free agent. There's also a language barrier. Celtic, to be totally blunt with you, are soft defensively. They need somebody who's going to go in and rip a few heads off and make sure they clear areas and they know their job. Good defenders can be brutal defenders and the personality in there is too soft. They need somebody who's been over the hill, experienced, knows what it's about, is battle-hardened and yeah. 25 year old. Do you know, Jamie, I would love for Celtic to climb it all around you about pints. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. This is this is the thing. You, 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 we, you talk about it, you look, you think, and you think, I, I, we don't have that sitting here, we don't have that scout knowledge at Celtic. Let me know your name, right? right. John Terry. No. Why not? Far too old. I don't know how slow he is, I don't know when the last time he kicked a ball is. Celtic don't need players that are as good as the Rangers manager. Would, would he have dealt with that if he kicked last night? Aye, but, I mean, Oh yeah, I would have dealt with that free kick. You know, it's it's. I think that's a, it's too simplistic to look at that. I know why people want John Terry, a big experienced player. See if we could get someone John Terry, five years off, three years off. I just think he might be past it now. It puts a bit of pride in the art of defending, and <clears throat> you don't need to be the quickest if you've got if you've got guys in there that can listen. Celtic's defence doesn't lack pace. It lacks organisation, leadership. Damning statement to be a manager to say that you like pride and desire. People that put their body on the line to keep the ball out of the net. John Terry's of this book, I agree, yes, just too old, but I'm just saying there must be players out there that oh, that Fa- Fabian Shaw, who sent for Newcastle and some a three million release clause from Deportivo. Yeah. Yeah. He had a really good World Cup for Switzerland. You, you wonder if these are the sort of players that the Celtic the scouting team are at least looking at. Jeffrey Broom is another one that has been uh, whispered on. I think Shaw's a good example of what we spoke about earlier. You go out with three million quid, Celtic can afford that. How much is he getting in Newcastle? Oh, his wages will be 70, 80 grand, but uh, no, but uh, Depp, uh, if Celtic make the move first yeah. before Newcastle. No, no, I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just saying I think that's the, I think that is the exact struggle Celtic have got. Just now we've been identifying the targets, we can go and pay for them. But when the money talk starts, we The last success, spectacularly so, was Virgil van Dijk, mm. and they went and sourced him and got him for peanuts. Yeah. So there is an art form of defending, there's an art form of recruitment. You need to ask questions of the people who are doing those jobs just now. Kennedy is under criticism because it's his department. Mm. The guy who goes and targets players to come in, his department. Account- accountability, that's I what think fans are looking for. One interesting thing about van Dijk is, and what surprised me is, we've never went back to Holland. To, to sign anyone, we we done well in the Belgian league with Wanyama, but not really went back to Belgium. Um, our scouting at the moment seems to be Scotland, and whoever's down south or whoever Man City are looking to send out on loan. You know the amount of players we've got from Man City is is quite high. Jamie, that fits into the complacency argument. 
I think yeah, that, but that's the point I'm making here. Yeah, it seems too comfortable. You know, go and think outside the box. You're right. That's a great market. Don't go exotic. Stay European. Again, because of the conversation, the language barriers and everything else that goes with it, it's a different style. There's just a niggling. There's a niggling thing at the back of my head where we're having these conversations, though. That I just I don't think Celtic aren't doing that. I, 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 and like I say, I think I think Brendan Rodgers is expecting a certain quality of player and doesn't want anything less. And we can't afford that. And the players in that Goldilocks spot that we can afford that meet his quality criteria are are, are, are few and far between. We've, uh, we can speak about the defensive situation all day, I'm sure. <laughs> um, going forward, though, you'd expect Celtic to be able to score more against a team like Suduva. You're saying, Jamie, that you feel another midfielder needs to be brought in. Do you feel it needs to be somebody in a similar mode to Armstrong that's going to break forward and break the lines of, of defenders? Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I was I, I wasn't a particular fan of John McGinn's. I, I didn't think he was at the quality that we needed. But Brendan Rodgers wanted him, um, and he would have been a, a, a decent enough replacement for Stuart Armstrong. I think they're more similar in type than perhaps Brown is to to McGinn. Um, and you know, there's a lot of talk. You know, people say oh, John McGinn would get in the Celtic starting eleven. Well, there's no such thing as a starting eleven. One starting eleven plays against Sudova one plays against PSG, one plays against Partick Thistle Cup. John McGinn could have played last night, he could have played against Partick Thistle in the Cup. I think he would have, would have been the sort of players we needed against Athens. Yeah, that bust and run for the field. I watched McGinn, I wasn't his biggest fan. Mm. I thought he was limited to the yeah, classic so example of let's, let's promote a player above his abilities because he's so 100%, yeah. But I watched him for six weeks solitaire with Hibs in Europe and my opinion of him completely turned. Honestly, had I been scouting for Celtic, I would have said, Get him in. Yeah. He's perfect for Celtic. He's dynamic. He plays the game forward. He's box to box. He's got a delivery. He's a leader. Um, I think it's really, it's very rarely that you actually have your expectations raised as high. Mm. Having watched him now for a month and a half at Aston Villa, I now get the benefit of that. I watched him play on Monday night and he was running the show. Yeah, they're raving about him. Yeah. So, again, it takes time to watch players and see what you get. It's funny how we both thought the same thing, but you pour eyes on someone and you see that the line. Yeah. I think I thought that John McGinn, especially until the end of last season, still had a touch of the headless chickens about him. Yeah, covered every blade of yeah. grass when it didn't make sense. But if he's tamed that side of his game, he's prepared to mature and how much he can See if you're a footballer and, on it, and you've got that you're trying to prove yourself and then all of a sudden somebody's prepared to you've spoken about in the multi million pound category, I can do that to your game. I can calm you down and let you appreciate me a minute. I'm a good player here. I can do it on my own merits. I don't need to do everybody's job for them. Mm-hmm. So they've brought in Arzani on the wing, and do you feel that Celtic are sorted in that in that situation? They've got three strikers, and more importantly, for Lee Griffiths' own sake, if Dembele stays, would it seem like? I think Lee Griffiths is again. It comes back to the starting eleven argument. Lee Griffiths isn't in your PSG Champions League starting eleven, but he is in your Hamilton Partick Thistle Cup games starting eleven. Um, is he too good for that? No, no. I think. I think Lee Griffiths is a good player, I really like Lee Griffiths, um, but he's not on the level of Dembele and Edward, and I think even Lee Griffiths would maybe admit that himself, maybe not. I don't, I don't, he doesn't seem like the sort of person that would sit and admit it, but I think um, there'll be plenty of football for Lee Griffiths. He'll play 30 games this season, I think, just to be Celtic rotate their team. Jamie's touched on the, just the crux of the matter. The biggest conundrum is how do Celtic keep raising the bar Quality, then Belly is there, Edelard is there, and Champ is there. Yeah. They're slowly but surely getting real top quality pedigree players.
entrepreneurs that can operate at the highest level in Europe. But the circumnavigating will be the buying average in the duds. Uh, well, it's, 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 a, it's, by the way, it's Celtic's problem in for now. Yeah, and it always will be. I don't think, you know, as much as I would like to see it, you know, the time where we get the Cham, Edward, Dembele, a centre half of that standard, a winger of that standard, and maybe a goalkeeper of that standard, all in the team, all at the same time, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that'll ever come. But just the way we sell and rotate and move on, yeah, yeah, because square one next summer. Yeah, yeah, because, because two, one or two of them will go. Yeah, and and if we look at Scott Brown, you know, this isn't something that people have picked up on, but Brendan Rodgers came in and he had the conversation with Scott Brown, who famously thought he was finished. He says, "I'll give you." Give me two more seasons, or I can give you two more seasons. Well, this is end on season three now. Scott Brown can't play football forever. It can't be that Scott Brown forever. So, you know, I'd be looking at we need a central midfielder to replace Armstrong. We need something to help out Scott Brown because he'll not be able to put in the games and do the miles that he done last year. You mentioned Arzani. Comes with a really good reputation. You know, he's here for two years. I think we'll probably see the best of him next year. I think that's what happened with Paddy Roberts. It was in the second year before he started to make it. Um, one thing that does worry me is Scott Sinclair. Can he now every time he touches a ball now people go, Well then he wouldn't have played that pass two years ago or he would have got by that guy two years ago. I think he needs competition to push him on. I think that's what pushes Scott Sinclair on. I think it's what pushes Forrest on and he needs competition. Well, he should be in Paris sitting uh, on the bench last night when as a teenager basically operating in his role with the money that he's picking up. Let's be honest and blunt about it, it's true. I, there's probably something in that. You know, Scott Sinclair has went from absolute starter player of the year to somebody that's no getting games in, in Europe. There might be reasons for that, but I think Scott Sinclair needs, and James Forrest need competition, and if Arzani can't provide that competition, then I think Arzani's a good sign. What about Mikey Johnson? He, he looked really, 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 really sharp for the assist last night. He did, and he looked as if he had a bit of gallus about him, a wee bit of um, uh, James Forrest. He's got a tendency to turn back in the park. He was prepared to go wide and go on the out, on the outside. He was effective. Um, I thought there was moments in the first half where he showed real desire and pride in his performance to go and influence the game. He impacted the game down the left hand hand side and he showed good burst of pace, good strength. Good to see a I mean, great to see a young Scottish player um, show showcasing himself at that level. I'm a big fan. Yeah. And what about Callum McGregor and Tom Rogic? McGregor's been played on the left in recent times. I feel his, his role is, is best played centrally. That's where Rogic flourishes. How does Rogers manage the two of them and play them in their best positions? Jamie? I, I love McGregor. I, I think Callum McGregor's a terrific player. I think he's one of these guys that, that there's, there's very little show about him. He just comes in and does the business, comes under the radar quite a lot. Um, another product to the Celtic Academy, like Forrest, like Mikey Johnson coming through. Um, I, I'd see. I'd like to see Callum McGregor in a lot more games. Um, Tom Rogic, for me, is again. I think he's a class, class act. I think he's got real quality in him. For me, I think he just needs to start showing it more in Europe. It's interesting. Ben McInnes once asked him, "Why is James Madison, twenty-five million pound player, and he's not played for you in the last six games of the time he was at Aberdeen?" Aberdeen. But McGregor. He's never discussed in those kind of terms and he's got goals in the Champions League. He's now established himself in the Scotland team. Can you explain how there's a disparity in valuation? He said, I would have McGregor on my team week in, week out because you can count on him exactly what you're getting. Yeah. So it's an anomaly in that team, completely bizarre. It's, it's, I think it's a, a bit of the hype, a bit of, yeah. you know, McGregor was, was unfashionable for a long time. 
But if you look at McGregor's career, he's always done it. He's, he's he took his time. He's made himself, you know, he sent himself out on loan to Notts County where he scored. I don't know. I think they played him in the left end. Up scoring twenty two odd goals, drawn at the full Baroni Dialer, and just gradually, gradually made himself a, a first team pick. So I really rate him. I do. Well, with the. Alleged crisis surrounding Celtic at the moment. Crisis. Well, no, you used the crisis. Alleged crisis. He was just going pale. <laughs> <laughs> alleged crisis. Yeah. So, um, Celtic have Hamilton Ackies this weekend in a game that allows them to get things back on track. It's at Parkhead. And it's a good opportunity for them to maybe stick three or four past the team that they should be putting three or four past. And how do you expect the game to go, Jim? Listen, I obviously expect Celtic to win the game. I'm, um, I'm going to be pragmatic about it. You know, Celtic have had a bad run of results. I think what they won one in the last five. Is that how it goes? Seven out of the last fifteen or something. Celtic have won two of the last seven. Two of the last seven. Seven of the last fifteen, I think, as well. Go back to the tail end of last season. Just, just win the game. You know, win the game. See improvements. I think seeing improvements in performance is probably more. I would rather see Celtic perform well and win two 0 and be rotten and stick five past that poor Hamilton Aki's team. You know what I mean? I think one thing that we need more than three goals is a clean sheet. Yeah. I think that's probably more important. Yeah. Good teams do that. Good teams go and take care of the business and it doesn't have to be spectacular. They can um teams that you can't put your hat on are the ones that will go and beat Hamilton five nothing on Saturday and then they'll concede a last minute goal and knock them out of Europe on Thursday night. That's the what Celtic need to eradicate, they need to make sure that they get back to basics mm. and then um, Get it out of their system and just be functional. That's good enough for Celtic at the moment because they have got the weapons to go and dismantle teams, yeah. and that will be proven throughout the season. I have no doubt. They need to sort out. They just, be, I think, people need to just relax about Celtic a wee bit. What's happened is we lost to Ike Athens, two stupid goals, and we didn't particularly perform well. If you look at the the hype that's surrounding Rangers, they've beat Navy. They drew against Aberdeen. They last night. I've never heard of that team they played. They beat them 1 0. You were saying that they didn't set the header alight. It just it, it looks Jamie, this is a better Rangers team, right? Believe me. Oh, it couldn't be much worse, though. But they're still not good enough. Aye, they're not good enough. You know, Celtic have a couple of trip ups, and I know it makes for a good story, but I've got faith that, that, that Celtic, things aren't as bad. I know you sort of alleged crisis, strictly said crisis, but there are people in the Celtic support who, who think that, you know, they're just like, get him there, get Scott McKenna, and he's a different. Let's just don't relax a wee bit here. Do you know what I mean? We're two players away, a clean sheet against Hamilton, and that that that, that would do for me. Sells things down yeah. a bit before the big one next week. Yeah. Where do you see that going? I don't think it'll be five 0 I think four 0 <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't see another I don't see another five 0 You know Rangers. For all the the, the, the points I brought up about Rangers, you can't deny that they have improved on, on key positions from last year. Still think they're particularly soft in midfield. I think they're particularly soft in the flanks. Um, Morelos, he's on he's on form, but I think he struggles against the better teams. He's not a big game player. He's not a big game player. He misses the easy ones. People get in, the the occasion gets into his head, um, and I either sign Kyle Lafferty, but I mean, I, you know what? I'd be more I'd be more worried if Kyle Lafferty started that game than Morelos. Yeah, I think this will be the game that takes the wind out of Rangers' sails, and I don't Rangers fans don't want to hear that because they're so used to. Disappointments and false dawns, but listen, the good news is things are starting to take shape. They've got a structure and a spirit about them. They've got a bravery on the ball that I haven't seen for a, for a while. And that comes with a team that's led by a manager who's instilling confidence. Yeah. 
Celtic are an awesome force. There is too much made of what's happening just now. But that's what happens when your when your deficiencies are so, are so basic. Yeah. But Celtic um, Rangers have got a lot of work to do before they get close. It has been amplified by the, the wave of confidence that Rangers are riding, but we'll, we'll see how it all comes together next week. But anyway, gents, thanks for being on the pod this week. No problem, thank okay. you. Thanks, Cheers. Gordon. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks. And join us again next week.